Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. Good afternoon, and welcome once again to our weekly discussion of uh, legal topics here on Chicago's Legal Latte. Uh, this is Jim Mitchell, and I have the pleasure of serving as your host for our discussions each week. Now, as you know, uh, during each podcast, we welcome an experienced attorney to join us and dive uh, a bit more deeply into a particular topic and provide some insight and assistance. Uh, this week, I'm very pleased to welcome back Lavelle Law Attorney Emil Alcas. He has been with us before, always a, a great contributor. And as you may know, he's part of the family law practice group over at Lavelle Law. And this week, we're going to discuss the topic of mediation as it applies to divorce proceedings, as it may occur in those proceedings. So let's get to that. First of all, Emil, welcome back. Nice to have you here. Hey, thanks for having me back. So before we get into mediation and, and talk about it in detail, you know, I always like to kind of just get a general topic overview. So can you give us just a quick, you know, 30 seconds or so uh, overview of divorce proceedings in Illinois? You know, what's the normal process that they follow so we know what situation we're talking about here as we get into it? Okay. Well, there's there's two ways uh, two parties can approach it. Number one is, um, you know, the parties can meet and try to mediate issues related to their divorce and then assuming they go to mediation and they have a full agreement, they can file their case and be divorced within a few weeks after that. Uh, but you, you also have the, the converse effect, which is somebody filing for a divorce, you know, beginning the divorce process, and then going to mediation to work out some of the pending issues in a court proceeding. And again, if there is a full agreement, then the case pretty much ends at that point. Um, so it, it can happen in two ways. The more common way, unfortunately, is uh, you know people filing their divorce actions in court, starting the whole proceeding, and then asking that the court you know send them off to mediation to try to work out their issues. I, I, I personally think that's the wrong way to do it, um, but sometimes you know we, we do it because the clients yeah, it's the client's desire to do it that way. It's their it's their wish, and they want the case to proceed on that fashion. Yeah. Very, very emotional and difficult process to go through, I'm sure, and absolutely uh, you know, a lot that can happen. All right, so you, you you mentioned mediation there, and that's kind of our topic for today, as it applies to divorce. I mean, what, what exactly are we talking about when we we mention mediation? Uh, well, mediation is is pretty much a broad term. Um, you know, typically when I think of mediation, I think of two couples willing to sit down and work with one another to try to amicably dissolve their divorce and, and, and figure out on their own what each party will get, whether it's assets, liabilities, custody, visitation, those types of issues. So the issues that are generally um, litigated in a divorce court, um, to me, mediation is basically avoiding that, avoiding the long, drawn-out process of going into court and expending fees on attorneys and litigation and motions and those types of things, rather than, you know, Concentrating your efforts and energy on uh, in that um, going to mediation is you know one way to resolve these differences and you know optimistically yes we would think all issues would be resolved in mediation but in real life that usually doesn't happen but it does curtail a lot of expenses and it could be a, a really time savering tool in a divorce proceeding um, now things that are addressed in mediation are in Cook County for example when you file for a divorce. 
uh, one of the things a judge will ask will ask is, you know, do the parties have children? And if the answer is yes, they'll send them to mediation right away to try to work out issues related to custody, visitation, and those types of things. So any any child-related issues the court wants the parties to attend mediation. Um, so that's basically how the how that process gets involved in a day-to-day courtroom um, when dealing with divorce. And it it sounds like it's um, probably something a little bit of a, of a back and forth process, as you say. It's it's the two parties trying to work it out, so it uh, may entail some. I, I might refer to it as negotiation as much as uh, anything else. Yes, it's absolutely. You're negotiating different things. Um, now, most mediation, for example, the court-ordered mediation, you know, those are the ones where the judge sends the parties out to mediate. Um, those do not involve the attorneys. So it's okay. the parties themselves that are going to mediation, and then you typically have one mediator who's, you know, a neutral third party who will bounce ideas off the parties, will negotiate back and forth with um, uh, maybe, you know, in some hostile environments that maybe the parties are sitting in separate rooms, but typically they're sitting in the same room, all three of them, and they're tossing ideas back and forth. And, you know, sometimes the mediator, he or she will make suggestions. Maybe there's some things that the parties aren't thinking about that they'll throw on the table as another option. And that usually takes, you know, more than one session. You know, I think on average two to three sessions, sometimes four, to try to really hammer out an agreement. And, and again, you know, optimistically you, you think 100% of this gets resolved in mediation, but um, sometimes it doesn't. And, and the part or the issues that don't get resolved, then, you know, those are the ones that the attorneys hammer out in court. But you just saved yourself maybe six months of litigation and, and maybe ten thousand dollars in fees. Yeah. Okay. Great point. Now, is it? Do you assume that at some point, because I, I heard you mention earlier, you know, that the, the court may require certain things. Is is every case going to go through some form of mediation at some point, or are there some that that wouldn't involve it at all? Um, in Illinois, typically, almost every case that involves children will go to mediation. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, for example, in Cook County, you're you're afforded a, a free. Uh, mediation session um, in in other counties like DuPage, for example, you have to hire a private attorney. Um, but typically, yes, I, I think if you're in court and one of the issues in your divorce is custody or visitation, one of the first things that a judge will do is send the parties to attend mediation um, to try to resolve those differences on their own. And, and most of them do come back with an agreement or have an agreement that's maybe 90% of those issues resolved and you know that's a huge step for the parties uh especially for the attorneys because now you've just lined the case up and maybe we're only dealing with you know an issue with visitation for example and you know we need to figure out a holiday schedule maybe that's the thing that they couldn't figure out themselves but you know the heavy things like you know awarding somebody custody um you know that's something that theoretically could be litigated in court for maybe two years three years and you know, it's it's not uncommon for somebody to spend, uh, you know, $50,000 on one side fighting a custody battle. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, typically early on in the case, the parties will go to mediation. If it, mediation fails, fine. You know, sometimes that happens, and then we just go from there. Okay. Well, Emil is with us, as, as he's joined us in the past, uh, from Lavelle Law Limited in, in Palatine here. And, and uh, Lavelle Law provides a variety of practice groups. You can find them by visiting LavelleLaw.com. Uh, there's groups such as you know taxation, estate planning, small business, corporate litigation, and, and a very highly regarded family law practice group. And it's from that base of knowledge that we're we're learning a little bit today. Um, you mentioned Emil. You talked about saving time, saving money, 
maybe even uh, kind of reducing the conflict. Are there, are there benefits of, of mediation that we should be aware of? Um, there, there are a lot of benefits. I mean, number one is uh, saving costs in attorney's fees. Um, you're saving, um, you know, uh, something that could be litigated, you know, just to get a hearing on temporary custody, which is halfway through a case, you know, you're looking at six months, maybe seven months to get an actual hearing done. And at that point, you've probably invested about $10,000 into an attorney to, to litigate. You know, mediation, you go to maybe two or three sessions. Uh, if you're in Cook County, for example, you're not paying for anything. So that's a free service that's provided to you by the county. Um, you know, the benefit is there's a lot of costs and expense that you're saving. Uh, another benefit is time. I mean, I think you're saving a lot of time, um, you know, going to two or three sessions that could, you know, that's probably a duration of maybe five to six weeks. But look, you've saved yourself about a year, a year and a half in litigation. Um, you know, those are the really huge benefits of this. And, sure. and number three is, you know, you've got the parties themselves dictating what the rest of their lives is, you know, is going to be like. You know, rather than leaving it up to a judge who hears your case maybe for an hour, maybe a day or two, and then telling you what custody is going to look like, what kind of visitation a parent's going to have, dictating the rest of their lives. Via a judgment rather than an agreement, I think that's a that's a pretty risky endeavor to take. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always encourage my clients to put in a really good faith effort in mediation. Um, you know, I'm realistic. I know a lot of times we, we can't have a full agreement, but you'd be surprised. You know, typically, you know, m- at least maybe 50% of an agreement. Maybe you'll have a 65% or a 70%. But that's a huge step for us as attorneys to, you know, number one, emotionally get through somebody. And number two, you know, have an actual game plan or strategy of, of, okay, let's focus our energy on these issues that we can't resolve. And, you know, we've just shortened the case by maybe a year and saved the client about, you know, $10,000. I, I think that, that's a huge yeah. benefit. Yeah, definitely. Now, is there, is there a downside at all? Is there anything that to, to be aware of before you enter into it? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it would just be the complete opposite. So, you know, you go into mediation – you know, you put in, you know, six weeks or so, and you're back to square one, you know, so there is no agreement whatsoever. Maybe you set the parties back even further. Maybe they're more entrenched in their positions now because now they've heard what the other side wants and what their reasoning is for not giving in, you know, or, or agreeing to what some of the demands are from the other party. Um, you know, the, that's really the, the drawback is, is not having a full agreement and then kind of being at the position where you were maybe six weeks ago, uh, but that's usually rare, uh, Jim. You know, usually it's rare that you go to mediation and then come out of the mediation process without having any agreements whatsoever. That's that's pretty pretty rare. Um, you know, in those types of situations, you can kind of tell which parties mediation is not going to benefit, and in those cases, we just bypass mediation altogether. Now, does the outcome of the process, uh, whatever is worked out by the by the mediator, uh, is that binding? Then, do the parties have to follow that? Does a judge have to approve it before it becomes, uh, you know, a, a final decision? How does that work? Um, it, it usually, it typically is not binding um, unless the parties agree uh, to that effect. But typically, it's not. Um, you know, so you will have some mediations where there is an agreement, and then at the last hour, somebody refuses to sign. That agreement, um, you know, some mediators will actually draft the mediation agreement where the parties execute. Those are enforceable. Um, you can file motions in court and have a court enter that into an order. But the ones where the parties have just mediated and have an agreement in principle, like a handshake deal, for example, mm-hmm. um, those 
you know, yeah, we've had cases where somebody backs out or, or does a 180 and kind of defeats the entire purpose of the mediation process. And it, it sounds like there are people that do this, uh, that, that serve as mediators for this purpose. So if a, you have a client, do you then have a, a list of people you would refer them to or do the courts direct them to a specific mediator? How does that come together? Um, yes. If there's a case currently pending in a court uh, room, typically a judge has an approved list of mediators that they uh, will assign to your case. Uh, but in the cases where, let's say, a lawsuit or divorce has not been filed yet and we're trying to reach an agreement with the parties before filing anything, in those types of situations, either the parties have somebody in, in mind, and it doesn't have to be somebody that's, you know, quote-unquote certified as a mediator. It could be a friend of theirs. It could be a family member. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be two lawyers representing each party. Um, the, the, the process itself is pretty much the same. Um, you've got parties in the same room. Everybody agrees on what the facts of the case are, and it's just a matter of allocating those facts. You know, who gets what, you know, custody, how's that going to be, and visitation, what's that going to look like. Um, so the process itself is, is, is the same, and it, it typically is, um, usually there's one mediator, and if you're, if you're if there's a case pending, the judge will appoint one for you. Okay, and it sounds just to, real quickly here from, from what I heard you say earlier, if you can do this up front and as a, early in the process, you're, you're better served than uh, than trying to wait till later on. Correct, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Well, listen, I always appreciate the time uh, whenever Emil joins us uh, and any of the attorneys from Laval Law Limited. We usually chew up our 15 minutes uh, faster than we can uh, notice it, and here we are at the end again. So let me say uh, thanks to Emil for, for sharing information with us. Uh, I'll be back again next week, at which point I'll be joined by attorney Timothy Hughes. We'll discuss uh, Chapter 7, Chapter 13 bankruptcies. Uh, Tim serves as the chair of the Federal Tax Committee of the Northwest Suburban Bar Association and uh, will bring a great deal of experience to share, so I I hope you can uh, attend. If you can't, you can always uh, catch up on past episodes by downloading them from iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, or at lavellelaw.com. And I certainly look forward to having you join us again next week. Thanks for being here. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. If you have any questions or topics for a future episode, please call Lavelle Law Limited at 847-705-7555 or email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. 